past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad to see you here today. And we are going to talk about important information coming out from JobVite. Their annual Recruiter Nation has been published. And this Recruiter Nation report gives us data that JobVite has collected from recruiters. And so what are what do we need to know, right? What do we need to know about how recruiters are hiring to help job seekers or if you are a job seeker to help yourself connect with these opportunities. Now it's important here at the beginning of our conversation to realize that a relatively small percentage of positions in the US are filled through recruiters. Depending on the level and the type of role, this can be like less than 10%. In some roles, it's going to be more, but it's not a significant amount of positions that are placed by an external recruiter. Now, JobVite data gives us data from both external recruiters, so people who are not working for Walmart, let's say, but they're working for an external organization who places in many different companies. And then you've got internal recruiters, which would be someone employed by Walmart to recruit someone into that role. And we had a great recruiter, Melissa Reeves, who actually used to work for Walmart, both internally and as an external resource. And uh, she gave some excellent information on working with a recruiter a few weeks ago. So go back and listen to that one if you missed it. But today we're going to be talking about this research survey and what does it mean for job seekers. So biggest like overarching thing in this report is that recruiting budgets are increasing and this is you know this doesn't happen all the time but recruiting budgets are increasing because they're needing to go out and proactively find more talent however some of the other information in this report is almost counter to that and so there's just a lot going on it's a huge shift a big shakeup and Everybody in the workplace is trying to figure out how to function. What do we do next? How do we recruit? How do we onboard? How do we interview? Everything is still somewhat changing from the move to digital and and the big increase in unemployment and now a huge decrease in unemployment. I think volatile is like an understatement right now. So let's look at what some of these trends say to us. So there's some priority shifting that has happened And since 2017, so a lot of their data in this report, they contrast to 2017, their same report, same company, maybe not the exact same people surveyed, but pretty similar from four years ago. And what are employers worried about now? And interesting just that they're not that worried about growing their talent pipeline as they were a long time ago seems a little counter to some of the other things we'll talk about, but they are worried about automating their process, managing layoffs, which as I said, is kind of counter to this thought around there being, they need to fill the position. They're also laying more people off or they're worried about that. 
worried about improving diversity and updating their recruiting technology. There's a report that came out similar to this couple weeks ago talking about how $10 billion has been invested in recruiting technologies in the last 18 months. So $10 billion in the last 18 months going into recruiting technologies. And this is anything from, you know, interview platforms to job search platforms to recruiting platforms, texting technology is huge. And then as we'll talk about a little bit more in depth here in a little bit, the other technologies that are, are huge right now are sourcing technologies. What can go out and help me find the best candidates, maybe even ones that aren't applying to my jobs so that I can increase my diversity, so that I can get people, maybe I'm having a hard time getting people in my role in that are qualified. And so there's these new technologies that are, are seeing a huge amount of technology investment going on to improve HR functions. So there's a lot of shifting going on in the tech space and a lot of focus on recruiters going into technology. That follows right along that some of the biggest investments right now are in technology in social media, LinkedIn, employee referrals, and even in job boards, as well as, of course, virtual hiring and recruiting. That's where their investment that's where their investment's going right now. There are more investment going to outside recruiters and also to internal hires. And I'm seeing this largely right now. Companies, it's a safer bet to get somebody internally. So if you're thinking about making a move, look internal, maybe even first, because it's going to be an easier move and there's an opportunity, there's likely an opportunity internally. When we are thinking about what's going on in social media, you are seeing more staffing agencies worrying about that than recruiters that are in-house. And of course, younger recruiters are using social media more than older recruiters. So knowing your market, what do those recruiters really look like? What you know? What age are they? What Even what gender are they? Because these reports often talk about the differences in genders of recruiters and things that they use. So it's important to look at that and know that before you pick which strategies you're going to use, because different recruiters will use different strategies based on age, based on gender, um, based on obviously industry. Other piece that we're seeing is some challenges that recruiters are facing. Obviously worried about what will my candidate do if I tell them they have to work in the office? Seeing a huge influx of people saying that they won't work, they'll quit or they won't take that job if they have to work in the office. And that, you know, that's really a challenge for recruiters. Um, they are not obviously as worried about their location because many of them can recruit from a wider geography right now, although not, not all the time. There is a lot more worry about more candidates and some roles more than other are seeing more candidates in their pools. So this is interesting, depending on where you're at, some recruiters are seeing more applicants in their pool and some recruiters are seeing less. So not too surprising that there's a decrease of applications for in, in the security industry in the hospitality industry, and in the media and entertainment industry. They're seeing a decrease in applications in those industries. 
and recruiters and staffing agencies are seeing more of an increase in applications per opening position than those in-house and kind of split, um, you know, 56, well, I guess not completely split, 56 of recruiters say in-house applications have increased, 24 said they have decreased. So it's going to depend on the industry that your job seeker is looking at. Has the competition gotten more staunch, especially if they're applying online or not? It's, they can check that out. They can see what's going on in their industry. 75% of recruiters are finding and hiring gig workers and freelancers. So if you are or are working with a freelancer or gig worker, your time is now. That is, it, it's become much more common and companies doing that, you can have an opportunity to really connect and get hired as a contractor. And then who knows what might happen from there if you have that flexibility to jump into a company as a freelancer or gig worker and then go from there. So let's talk a little bit about virtual hiring. And obviously, virtual hiring is still the now in most countries where COVID restrictions are still heavy. 61% of hiring Recruiters say that it will be a combination of virtual and in-person moving forward. 22% are saying that they will stay virtual moving forward. It would be interesting to see if that sticks. And then the most effective interview, so 62% say in-person. That's versus 77% just last year. So 77% said that it was more effective to do in person last year, and now it's all the way down to 62%. And video has gone up from 11% to 21. So what this means is that recruiters are getting more comfortable with video interviewing, and that's good, right? It, It makes it easier for us to connect. It makes it easier for people to get access and maybe some of the bias that was going on with those virtual interviews will start to go away as people get more used to it, get used to seeing people virtually. And of course, all of us that are interviewing virtually get more comfortable doing the interview and are less likely to get caught up in those things that may cause bias. And when we think about interviewing if you get a choice to do in-person or virtual, that research showed a little more than a year ago, research showed that you would have a better chance of getting highly rated if you went in person. But you can have a better interview virtually by carrying over some of the things that we know work well in person. Obviously, your body language, your eye contact, Using your hands, so people are oftentimes afraid to use their hands in video, but when you show your hands in video, it has that connective, right? We're used to shaking hands. We're used to having that as part of your body language. So start practicing using your hands in your virtual conversations when you're on Zoom in a a meeting or whatever you might have the opportunity to create for yourself via Zoom, start getting more comfortable with that. And of course, working on your eye contact, looking at the camera instead of your screen, that really is going to help you overcome some of those challenges that virtual interviews can create. 
You want to make sure that you're focused. And the worst thing you can do in person is look at something else on your desk or on your phone. And the same thing is going to be true in interviews. So yes, you can have those notes, but you want to make it clear now, oh, let me check my notes on that. Or you don't want to just be, you know, wandering around with your eyes. It's okay to either pause and look or even to say something if it's a good place to say, hey, let me check my notes on that or let me see what other questions I had written down for you. When you tell people what you're doing, then it looks less like you are uninterested or distracted. We want to have good communication skills and we want to stay engaged in those virtual conversations as much as possible. And recruiters are getting used to this, right? They do it every day, all day. It might be the first time you've done it in a year. The more that you can put yourself in those opportunities to connect with people virtually, even though I know we're all tired of Zoom and whatever else you're using, Teams, the more that you can put yourself in those situations to get practice to get comfortable, the easier it will be for you to stand out in those virtual interviews. So those are the big highlights in terms of what's going on with the hiring practices and the focus of recruiters. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the resume and how people are recruiting so that you can adjust your job search strategy. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking a little bit about what hiring managers or recruiters are looking for when they are looking for a candidate and how they're looking for candidates. And just a reminder that when we talk about recruiters, we're talking about external recruiters, people that are contracted for companies. Those fill a smaller proportion of the roles in the U.S. especially. It's very different in in Europe. But in the U.S., they fill a very small number of the roles, those external recruiters. But this survey is also looking at internal recruiters. for So the people that work for a company and go out and find candidates for that company or take the incoming candidates and and vet them for the hiring managers and those internal recruiters. And this report is looking at both. So just an interesting tidbit here on what they are seeing in resumes. And candidates are most likely to misrepresent their technical skills. I've personally experienced that as a hiring manager where people say they know how to use Excel or whatever and, and they don't. Um, I never never forget having a interview with someone. They said they knew how to use Excel and we hired them. Unfortunately, at that point, I was too green to do some kind of assessment or even sit down with the person and have them show me. And so they sat down on their first day and I used the arrow keys to change cells in Excel. And the person was like, oh, what'd you do? And I knew right there that we were in trouble. And in in fact, we were, that person was extremely overwhelmed with the job and ended up quitting. And, uh, you know, recruiters are smarter than me, thankfully. And, and so they're probably going to do some kind of test that has you show what you're doing. But if you are um, lying about your technical skills, it's not going to get you very far because guess what? You'll have to do that in the job and either you will be frustrated or your manager will be frustrated. And it probably won't last very long. They lie about their experience. They lie about their salary history and about their education history or degrees. So we talk a little bit in the Academy Certified Resume Writer and on some of our programs about different ways to communicate your training and your education. You never want to misrepresent and make it look like you have a degree when you do not have a degree. That's going to get you, uh, you know, that's not going to get you very far. Um, Other things that candidates misrepresent, their citizenship status, this may be because you don't understand how to communicate it. So talk with someone who does know and get that on there correctly. GPA, references, competitive offers. So people lie and say that they have a competitive offer when they don't. That'll get get you a bad name in your industry pretty quickly. Uh, Tenure at previous jobs, criminal history, course it's very difficult to get past that question Uh, but you just want to I think it was maybe Melissa it might have been a different recruiter that was saying if you check the box that yes you've had something in your background you also just need to do the explanation there below it and um, you know I, I, I have some explanation letters I used to help individuals that had been justice involved get back into the workforce so if that's you or you know someone feel free to reach out to me Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. And I'm happy to send those example explanation letters to you. My candidates, in um, when I wor- was working at that time, would attach those to their application. One of the examples is actually from a, a gentleman that wrote his own. And I asked him if it was okay if I used it as an example. And it, it's very 
well done. It's very straightforward. And there are some specific things that you can do in those types of letters to make it through there. So lying about that's also not going to get you very far. They're going to do a background check. And it's it's just going to make it look worse that you lied there. And then language proficiency. So those are interesting things you want to be aware of that uh, be truthful and have proof. If you if this so something in this list is important, have proof because it, recruiters are used to, unfortunately, people lying about it. Citizen GPA references, competitive offers, tenure at previous jobs, criminal criminal history, and language proficiency. So, what do they care about the most when they're doing their evaluation? Interesting things that have made a bigger importance. So online education or certificates has gone up to 39%. So all this talk about degrees not mattering, and this isn't talking about degrees, it's talking about credentials. Uh, But online education has gone up from 8% to 39%. They want to see some kind of continuing education. Doesn't necessarily mean a degree, but education matters more than ever, which is interesting. Resume format has increased from 17% to 36%. Now, we are not talking about fancy templates. That is not what this is saying. This is talking about easy to read. Is your template easy to read? Being aesthetically pleasing is important, but a lot of those fancy templates are not easy to read. The words are small. There's not that much text. When there's not much text, I can't even see if you're qualified. That's not what this is talking about, and I'm worried it's going to be misconstrued, misinterpreted. It's clean, easy to read. Use the neuroscience-based formatting techniques. You can find those. You go to ResumeWritingAcademy.com, ResumeWritingAcademy.com, and under resources, free resources, we've got a video where we go through the neuroscience of formatting, whether it's a website or anything, neuroscience of formatting, you can use those to help improve the readability of your document. And this is not about a pretty format. It's not about a template. It's about easy to read. Cover letters up eight from 8% to 26%. So huge debate always do cover letters matter. Huge increase from in the last four years. Well, huge increase to 26%. Still not great, right? But what we always know is that 26% like them, you don't know which 26% those, percent those are going to be. And if you don't send one, those 26% are kicking you out. Whereas if you do send one, the other 74% are like, eh, it's not going to hurt your application to send one. But if you don't send one for those 26%, you are out, you're done. So send one every time unless it explicitly says not to. Online... Online social presence has the importance of that to recruiters has gone up from 14% to 25%. They do care that you're online. And this is becoming more and more important for leaders, especially any kind of leader. We're not talking C-level here. Because if you don't have a presence online, it becomes harder for a recruiter to recruit. If you're not engaged, if they can't in have some help from you as the leader in that organization to bring in talent, to attract talent, to build that recruiter brand with them, then that makes their job harder. 
So if they're going to recruit someone, they're going to bring someone in that doesn't have any social media presence, that's going to be a problem. This doesn't mean you have to be on everything. It doesn't mean you have to be on TikTok if you don't want to or Facebook if you don't want to. But it does mean if you have absolutely no social media presence, it could hurt your candidacy. Previous job experience has gone down. This is a great thing for our career changers. It matters less, 92% to 62%. So quite a big jump that we need you to have exactly the same experience as what we're hiring. And of course, this is because some candidates' pools have gotten smaller. And so we need to, to do that. Employee referrals have gone down a bit. This is that increase in diversity. Employee referrals can harm diversity. Hiring, getting outside of our little box of everyone else that looks like everyone who works here, whether that's age, gender, ethnicity, um, even background in the industry, etc. And so they are depending a little bit less on referrals. And cultural fit has plummeted from 83 to 28%. Again, it's hard to get a diverse team when culture fit is usually code for looks and sounds like everyone else here. So good to see those things going down and interesting to see the other things going up. These things do differ based on a recruiter's age. This is why it's so important to know your audience. So younger recruiters are less likely to care about your previous job experience. Older recruiters, 50 plus, sorry, bad description, 50 plus, recruiters that are 50 plus, are more likely, 81% of them care about your previous job experience. Interestingly, the younger recruiters are more worried about your cultural fit, and they're more worried, obviously, about your online social presence. So just some very interesting information here. And if you want the link to this report, feel free to send me a message. Again, Marie at careerthoughtleaders.com. I'll actually also be going through just the highlights very briefly, visually tomorrow on our, we go live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern US. And I'll be going through these live then as well. We go live on Facebook, Career Thought Leaders page on Facebook, as well as the Career Thought Leaders page on LinkedIn. So if you want to see the visual, but you don't want to give Jobvite your email to download it, you can see at least a few of the highlights that way. And if you want the link, shoot me an email. I'm happy to send it to you. So that's what they're looking for. Online training, continuing ed, a resume that's easy to read, more interest in cover letters, and more interest in your social presence, less interest in your job experience, which is great for you career changers. So let's dive back a little bit into where are they finding you? And this is always a surprise to people and especially my fellow career professionals because job boards have actually had a huge jump. 33% see job boards as a place for quality hires. This means that if you're job seeking, you don't want to ignore the job boards. We, we don't want you wasting a lot of time there because your chances of getting that job you apply to online are still low, but we don't want you to ignore it. If you fit 80% or more of the qualifications in a job, applying online is a good thing to do. 80% or more, obviously there's some wiggle room there depending on what you're doing. But job boards are not a bad place. You just don't want to spend too much time there. And you want to be focused and connect with 
what jobs are really a good fit for you there. Internal hires have gone down a little bit, which is interesting. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Still at 30% quality hire. Company's career site, 30%, so almost as big as job boards. If you see a job that you really want, go to apply at the company's website as well as on the job board, wherever you can find it. In-person recruiting events, interesting stuff there. And then social media has had a huge jump in terms of it being a, a source for quality of hire. So when they're looking for employees, they like quality of hire, right? That makes it faster to fill the role. They're looking at job boards, which is actually a number one. Very interesting. So don't totally dismiss that from your strategy. Always teach a balanced job search strategy when I teach job search. And this is why you want to know what's on the job boards. You want to be thoughtful and strategic in what you apply to, looking at those things where you are a good fit on paper, because that's all they've got is the paper. 80% or more, though, it doesn't have to be 100%. Us women out there tend to take it to the, you know, too far. Um, 80% or more. And then internal hires, company career site, in-person recruiting events, and social media. Now, what's going on on social media? This is one of our big moments. (laughs) This is one of the big changes. And so we will dive into that when we get back here on Career Confidant in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and this is the juicy part of the show where we are going to talk about what social media channels recruiters are using. 
Now remember that this is a mix of internal and external recruiters across a variety of jobs that Jobvite does this research. Now, what I will say is that I take this this data as pretty valid because it's the same study that they've been doing, similar audience over the last four years, and what they've seen is a drop in the usage of LinkedIn from 92% in 2017 in 2017 to 65% in 2021. 92 to 65. Why are people leaving LinkedIn? Well, I've got my ideas around this, but it has a lot to do with, with, there's not very many people on the platform on a regular basis when you look at overall numbers. So the overall number for LinkedIn is 350 million monthly active users. That means if I go there once a month, I'm part of that 350. Well, if I'm a recruiter and I'm trying to recruit someone, I need them to be there more than once a month. Are they checking their messages? Will they respond? The answer has been no and no. I'm not going to pay $8,000 for a seat to something. And that's what it was a few years ago. I don't even know what it is now for nobody to respond. The other thing that's going on here is that there are systems. So remember, in the first segment, we talked about this $10 billion worth of investment going into HR tech, quite a bit of that going into technologies that have been on the edge. They've been coming for a while where they will go out and source the Internet for public information that aligns with a job posting. So findem.com is one of these, and they have a explainer video on YouTube and it talks about the recruiters looking for someone who has startup experience four years you know specific kind of experience etc and I can put that in and these new systems will go out on the web and find people who have presented at conferences or even been featured on their own company's career page but they have those keywords associated with their bio, with their presentation they gave, with their bio on their own company website that they're, you know, employed at right now. It's not just about social. And here's the thing that happened as soon as I started posting this on LinkedIn, people like, oh, you know, it's not Facebook. No, it's not Facebook. That's what the whole point is. It's they are going online and they're scraping data from any available source of which social is only part and social may be the least quality. If I'm looking for someone that has this experience, their career page on their website, their about me pages on their company website, the professional proceedings from a, a conference, a professional conference, all of those are much higher quality data than anything the person's doing on social. But here's the deal. Those systems can't get past, especially LinkedIn's system, unless your profile is public. So if you or your client has this great profile, but they've hidden some of their experience details, or their publications aren't public, or their presentations aren't public, this system is not going to find them. It's not going to find them, right? Find them. <laughs> it's not going to do it. So when we are working with a candidate or if you are a candidate, 
this is an opportunity for a couple of different reasons. One, it's not all about being scanned and found through these systems. It's about communicating and engaging with the professional community that you are a part of or you want to be a part of because those conversations are going to get you known to people outside of these scanning systems. Huge bonus, bigger bonus than even the second bonus, which is that you will show up in these scans. If you're presenting at conferences, if you're communicating with people, if you're engaging in your industry conversations, if you are participating in other forums, LinkedIn included, because that activity um, will help you be more visible and using other social channels as you find appropriate and as are appropriate for your industry. So this is a thing. People said, well, then what do I use? Well, if the answer was that easy, it'd be great, but it isn't. Where is your industry? Are they on Twitter? Are recruiters who recruit people like you on Twitter? Are hiring managers on Twitter? Are people that are like you on Twitter? And then you go through every single platform and you do the same research. Are they on Facebook? And that might surprise you. People often poo-poo Facebook because of the profile issue and the feeds issue. The goldmine of Facebook is not your newsfeed. The goldmine of Facebook, especially for recruiters, is groups, special interest groups that are thriving on Facebook while LinkedIn groups are dying, unfortunately, because I'd like to have mine be better, but it's just not. And I don't have to do anything to keep my Facebook group thriving. And even the people I know who are putting a ton of effort into their LinkedIn groups are struggling. I don't know why, but it's just what it is. And so those recruiters are super active in targeted groups on Facebook. And if you want to join those professional communities, again, we're talking about community here, engagement, having conversations, being part of the conversation, not just thinking that I'm going to post once or twice on a new platform and get found. That's that's not what this is. It's a more long-term, long-game strategy, which is, you know, makes it a little bit more challenging. But if you really want to do it and you want to grow your career and you want to have control over where you might end up, this is your best way to do it. Build your community online and off in the industries that you want to be in. Now, what other places are recruiters using? I said it's gone from 95 to 60, 92 to 65 on LinkedIn. Facebook stayed relatively the same. It is above LinkedIn right now, but that's not the big story, right? Facebook has stayed relatively flat. Twitter has dropped a tiny bit from 60-something, maybe 50-something in 2017 to now 48. Instagram, huge jump from 28% to 46%. Why? You're younger recruiters, right? It's a They're there already. They're connecting with people. They're building relationships. This is about industry relationships. It's not about, you know, even really needing to post a bunch on Twitter. It's about joining, or sorry, Instagram. It's about joining those conversations. And then also YouTube. Um, 35%. Recruiters are starting to use TikTok. So 16% of recruiters are using TikTok. That's going to be a specific type of role. It's going to be young, recruiting for mostly younger candidates. And that is a good opportunity for younger candidates, especially in uh, service jobs. When you saw TikTok resumes, TikTok resumes did their pilot a few months ago. 
And a lot of it was service jobs where they're having a really hard time finding people right now. They went on to TikTok to try to recruit some candidates there. So is it going to be for everyone? No. But we can do the research and see, are our companies there? Are recruiters from our industry there? What's going on? And we can do the research to feel better (laughs) about either including or eliminating some of these things from our strategy, not saying by any means that you want to incorporate all of these into your strategy. That's overwhelming. It's too much. I am saying that you want to diversify, diversify beyond LinkedIn and especially diversify beyond just your profile on LinkedIn. Get active, engage, and do the research to see where your community is, where are they active. Don't dismiss Facebook. Go check out the groups and see what's going on, because when you do the research, then you'll have a better idea about where to be. It might still be a little bit of trial and error, but you'll have a better idea of where to be when you do that research. So that's what's going on. Facebook's number one, but that's really not the headline here. Headline here, LinkedIn's gone down, and this is mostly because of systems that allow a recruiter to source across the web instead of having to go to one specific platform. You and your candidates can take advantage of that by getting active wherever your community, their community, is hanging out. Now, what do they care about when they go to social media? They still care about your spelling and grammar. It's less than it used to be, but it's still there. They still care about your references to marijuana. It's dropped. They still care about your alcohol consumption. Dropped a little bit. They do care about your political posts, 30% care about your political posts, and some of the systems care about your political posts. They'll actually screen you out if you have aggressive or overly confrontational language in your social media posts. And they are using social media to post openings, to research passive candidates, to learn more about active people, people who actually apply, and of course, to build their employer brand. So participating in social media can help you if you think about what am I putting out here? What communities am I engaging with? What relationships am I building? And really, no matter where you are on social, using it as a tool to engage, not a passive place where you think even that you're going to optimize your profile and get found. It's one of my least favorite things that people in my industry um, sell is, you know, let me optimize your profile so you can get found. That is less and less a reality today. When you look at the percentage of roles filled by a recruiter is quite low. And external recruiters are probably the ones using it more than an internal, although internal do use it this way. Internals going to be doing a little bit less of this type of sourcing even than that. And then you look at the percentage of that 20% that is using LinkedIn directly, it's quite small. You want a profile, you want it to be optimized. And then if you really want this to be part of your strategy, it has to be active where you're engaging, you're building community, and therefore also building more visibility on and off the platform, because each time that you engage, each time that you post, 
it's becoming a bigger part of your footprint. And of course, taking those things offline and using them as two tools in tandem to have one-on-one conversations with people, whether that's virtual or in person someday, hopefully. And it's really a tool to help you build your brand, if you will, build your visibility, not just to think that it's going to do that for you by some magical editing of your profile for optimization. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'll give you my top highlights from this and some key actions to take knowing this new information. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we've been going through the Job Fight Recruiter Nation study looking at what is going on, what do we need to know, and what can be helpful to you as you work with your clients. So we've talked a little bit about what's going on in terms of where they're investing and where they're finding talent. Big highlight there is that they are using job boards even more than they did four years ago. So if you're qualified, 80% or more, go ahead and apply and don't discount those as part of your strategy. They need to be controlled, contained, have boundaries, but we don't want to ignore those because they are seen as a quality source of hire. Talked about the shift 
in recruiting sourcing from going to LinkedIn to using these systems that go across and using other technologies, other social channels as well. We also talked about that recruiters are caring more about your continuing education, not necessarily degree. They're caring more about cover letters, but less about your previous job experience, which is a good thing. Talked about the differences in age here and what it's important to know your recruiters. If they are 50 plus, they are going to care more about that job experience. If they are not, they will care less about it. Looking a little bit at some new pieces, um, diversity and inclusion. Recruiters are looking at that. They're working to improve their diversity goals. They see it as a priority Um, race and ethnicities, number one, then gender, and then age, and also making the list immigrants, veterans, LGBTQ+, and disabilities. So that's a good thing for our candidates that are in trying to get into companies that feel like they might not be a good fit in the past. Now that idea of fit is going down on the priority list as we think about getting people in that have more diverse backgrounds. They're trying to write more inclusive job descriptions and um, go outside of their normal channels, which goes back to these technologies that will source across the web and hopefully help get a more diverse pool. That is one of the main points of using that tool. Just you know, they're also trying to use diverse interview panels, blind resume reviews, and even text messaging to remove some of the unconscious bias in the recruiting process. Big note, salary negotiation, 73% of recruiters record at least a moderate increase in negotiating for hiring salaries. 20% more than just last year. So 73% have a moderate increase in people negotiating for salaries up 20% from just last year, which means you should be negotiating your salary. 100% of you should be negotiating salary. Does not mean you have to be aggressive about it. There are one question everyone can ask is what is the range for this role? Start there when they say, what's your, what do you want to make? What's the range for this role? Then you can always ask, you know, is there a way we can work together to get closer to X? You want to know your number. You want to do your research. You want to know what is realistic. I mean, hearing a little bit of lack of realism, but salaries have also gone up a lot. So do your research, not just on the internet, because internet's not going to reflect this increase. Talk to people in the field. You don't have to ask them what they make. This is the number one misconception that stops people from doing good research. Ask them, what are they seeing in the market? What's going on with salaries in this role? Have they been increasing? Ask them about trends, not about specifics. And then you might get good information that will help you know what you should do when you start to negotiate salary. In fact, this actually shares that data, 56% report average salaries across their industry have increased this year. 48% say it's increased more than 10%. That's huge. 
48% of recruiters say that the salary has increased more than 10% just in a year. That's huge. Negotiate, do your research, ask the questions, never hurts to ask one or two questions so that you can get a better salary for yourself. All right. So we're seeing an increase in hiring of gig workers. We talked about that. So if you are thinking about making a move or you're unemployed right now, consider how you might connect with employers as a gig worker instead of that full-time employee. Get your foot in the door. See what you might be able to get from there. They're also using more texting, as we talked about for diversity, but just in general, the increase in automation they are using automation in chatbots. They're using automation in texting so that they can improve the process. Interview scheduling, great way. Right now I can schedule an interview without wasting my time. Automated screening. And then some of them are using chatbots um, for career site con- conversations. So when you go on their career site, you can chat or the automated sourcing, which is interesting, kind of going back to those technologies that we were talking about in sourcing. Last big trend is remote work. What's going on? What do they think? And recruiters are worried that remote work options could hurt their company. Only 14% have 100% in office policy. So 14% of companies are making 100% of their people come back. 70% have a hybrid, and of course, Jobvite tends to target the more professional industries, so these numbers are going to be a little skewed and not as realistic for, obviously, jobs that have to be done in person, which is way more than 14%. Um, The world economic data shows that that's about 50% in the U.S., 50% of jobs have to be done in person, but the Jobvite data is... 14%. So that just shows you a little bit about what types of roles that their recruiters that they've surveyed are working in. 54% of recruiters have seen candidates turn down an interview or job offer because it lacks that flexibility. And they believe that it's harder to attract candidates if they don't have a work from home policy. So when we're looking at the on-site versus remote, that they're still figuring that out, right? They're still figuring out how to onboard, but it is a trend that is not going to be going away. If there's anything specific in there that you'd like us to dive in further, please let me know. If you recommend someone to come on and chat about any of these topics, I'd love to know that. And if you'd like, again, the link to the report, feel free to email me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. If you want to see the visuals on a quick fashion, we'll be going through it tomorrow on our live stream. We do every Tuesday at 4 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Facebook, Career Thought Leaders Facebook page and Career Thought Leaders LinkedIn page. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. 
Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 